Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I got a million ways to get it. Uh, hello, Bears. Let's play some football. Who's next? Bears Hour Live with Lauren Cox and the Draft Doc, Phil Itoshin. Hold up. Osweiler play fake quickly sets up in the pocket with time. Osweiler tight spiral left side and it's intercepted. Wrestled away from DeAndre Hopkins. Tracy Porter swipes him inside the 25-yard line of the Bears. Bears football and a takeaway in Houston. Snap Hoyer from under center side steps to the pocket, taps the ball, going to the end zone. He's got Meredith up in the air, leaping catch, touchdown, touchdown Bears, and Cameron Meredith backing up as he leaped for the catch. And the Bears are an extra point away from tying the game. Somebody bring me back the money, please. You play to win the game. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. You're listening to a special preview edition of Bears Hour Live as we're not doing our usual post-game show this week for Thursday Night Football. Instead, Phil Atoshin and I are going to preview Bears-Packers tonight, giving you a, a good look at what we're going to see in just over an hour here. Uh, Phil, obviously Bears-Packers has a storied history, but this game doesn't quite seem like it's going to live up to the... The previous matchups we've seen for the Bears and the Packers, obviously last year the Bears with the huge win on Thanksgiving was one of the greatest games in a long time we've seen this matchup, but tonight we've got Brian Hoyer leading the Chicago Bears against an Aaron Rodgers that is playing probably some of the worst football of his career right now. Both teams are extremely banged up, and especially on only four days rest between their last game, both teams are really looking thin on both sides of the ball right now. doesn't seem like it's going to be pretty, but if, if you were running the Chicago Bears... What is your game plan? We'll start with the offense. What is your game plan tonight for getting some points on the board with Brian Hoyer in this offense? First of all, happy Packer Day, Lauren. This is going to be a big matchup. Yeah, uh, I appreciate all the fans checking in and, and getting ready for the oldest rivalry in football and one of tradition. If I'm running the Bears tonight, you look at this roster and you have a big-time back in Jordan Howard who was getting real hot and showing his ability to run through tacklers, especially when you're running that zone-based scheme. Those arms start reaching out upon blocks or missed blocks. It's got to be a heavy dose of him. And make it simple, but go up top, you know, Two receivers running deep. You have to threaten the Green Bay Packers. They're going to sit at the sticks knowing Brian Hoyer's uh, inaccuracy, anything over 10 yards, just not being able to hit the deep ball. And thus, you take away your best weapon on offense, which is Alshon Jeffrey Lauren. He's got to get him to threaten that secondary down the field. Even if they use Alshon Jeffrey as a, a pawn in the game, you can then work your Zach Miller, who you've yet to hit deep within the safeties using his speed and athleticism. That would be my way to go about it. Stretch the field by running the football. We've been asking for them to do that for weeks. It seems like you're up 10, 13 points. Last week was a perfect time to start grinding. They bring in a fullback and they end up passing again, Lauren. So, this week, I think you're against this aggressive Green Bay front. You're going to have to threaten them with the run or else they're going to pin their ears back and they're going to get after Hoyer and it's going to be a long night. 
Well, and finally, that fullback goes down with the activation of Pernell McPhee for this game, which we'll get more on later. So uh, we won't see any any 21 or 22 personnel unless a guy like uh, Zach Miller rotates in the backfield. But I, I totally agree with this running game. I think most Bears fans have been calling for it for a long time. I mean, last game, Jordan Howard gets 15 carries. Kadeem only gets nine. Game before that, Jordan Howard only gets 16 carries, even though he's averaging 7.4 yards per run. So, I mean, it's absolutely imperative that – you, you, you keep the ball sort of out of Brian Hoyer's hands in that sense. There's absolutely no reason he should be passing 49 times, especially last week when you're winning the game and going into Green Bay. Even with the Green Bay's banged-up corners, I don't really care. I, I mean, we kind of know what Brian Hoyer can can't do, and the problem has never been him beating the coverage. It's the receivers are open, he's just not hitting them. So to me, it doesn't matter who's on Alshon Jeffrey when he's open five yards deep and you know, he's got five yards on his corner in the end zone, and Brian Hoyer still can't hit him. It doesn't really matter if he beat Vontae Davis of the Colts, Jalen Ramsey of the Jaguars, or uh, <laughs> whoever the Packers are going to field, uh, uh, Ladarius Gunter, who is god-awful. To me, the, 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 the question isn't whether or not the, the receivers can beat the corners. It's whether the quarterback can get the ball to his hands. And that's got to be something that really favors the Green Bay Packers. If there was ever a week to have your cornerbacks down and to have to rely on your front seven, this is the one. And it's going to come down to, like you said, running the ball, making sure that the, this offense keeps the clock moving. You know, you don't – even when Aaron Rodgers is playing poorly, you still don't want to have the ball in his hand as much as possible. I mean, even though you might force him to try and beat you, obviously you still want to win the time of possession game. You want to control the clock. And, you know, this feels like the kind of game, like every week, where the Bears are only going to be able to put up 17 points with Brian Hoyer. So the more you can keep the ball – and the more you can keep the Packers from having opportunities to put up points, the better chance you have to outscore the team and maybe be able to hold Green Bay under that 17-point threshold to potentially maybe get a win if all things go well. Well, you're exactly right, Lauren. If they don't work on the deep ball, I mean, you're an NFL quarterback. These throws that you see him miss you know, are death to an offense and kind of makes you scratch your head on how he's starting. But we know this whole scenario. The Bears and Actives have come out. Obviously, my thoughts of having Jay Cutler run out of the the uh, end zone there and Green Bay, the tunnel, coming out to play the game is not going to transpire. You're also down Eddie Royal, uh, slot receiver. They didn't bring up Daniel Braverman. That's another thing we need to talk about. And you look at Jeremy Langford. I mean, this injury has gone on and carried on for weeks. So looking at these injuries, we never get any kind of understanding. And then you got, you got left guard uh, Josh Sitton, who might have been your best offensive lineman. He is out for the game playing against his old squad, which that in itself you would have thought Sitton would have been a – a sure thing to play fiery football against his old squad trying to send a message. That's not going to happen tonight. So there's some, and also Goldman still not back at the nose guard, but as Lauren said, McPhee back in the roster rotation, how many plays he's going to play and how he's going to, how effective he's going to be is going to be remain to be seen here tonight. But for me, focusing in on still list stay on that offense. I think losing Josh Sitton is going to be something to really watch tonight. Are they going to run with Cush or are they going to go with uh, Teddy Larson? Teddy, Teddy L. Crazy Teddy fighting. (laughs) If they start Ted Larson, there's going to be at least one fist thrown, right? I mean, especially if the Bears start losing and guys start getting frustrated a little bit up front. It kind of feels like, kind of feels like they're, uh, they're going to, get a little a little scrappy against their division rival and uh, <laughs> I, def- I definitely can see it lauren yes and another thing since i don't think we'll have time to get to full special teams discussion but i was just seeing on twitter that you know eddie royal had been the punt returner all season so crevan leblanc and bryce callahan are catching punts in pregame warm-ups so oh that'll be, be something to keep in mind because i mean you don't have a daniel Bayerman, which since you wanted to talk more about that if you're Let's if your primary punt returners down with eddie royal i mean as much as you want David Ber- Daniel Berman to get the opportunity on offense. Certainly, special teams would be huge there because I don't know if I trust either Kavan the Blanc or Bryce Callahan to 
make any plays with the ball in their hand on the punt return. Maybe they'll be better at actually fair catching it and just not allowing it to bounce and lose for the yards. But that's about the extent of the confidence that I have in Crevon LeBlanc or Bryce Callahan to uh, do anything with this punt return team. Not that, not that they're not talented athletes, but you, I would feel so much more comfortable with a guy like Braverman that has a lot of punt return experience from college. He made some. He certainly made a lot of plays happen because he's so quick in that short area. But, Phil, I think you know even better than I do what this guy's capable of doing with the ball in his hands. And, and why is it that they bring him along on this trip? They why why bring a practice squad player to Green Bay but not to use him? I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Lauren, I'm shocked that the guy isn't on the 53 roster two weeks ago, let alone tonight. Tonight, of all nights, the door is open. You need a punt returner. You're down Eddie Royal. He's a much more polished receiver than Deontay Thompson or Bellamy were coming out. And through the preseason, you're not seeing the stats, but on the game film, you're actually seeing the guy get open. Tonight would be a great night against third and fourth, fifth string corners to get that slot receiver game going to a guy that likes to dink and dunk, there's nothing better than having a a dynamic slot receiver. And as you said, to double up on the punt return side, a guy that has great hands, you know, a couple games uh, and preseason, a couple punts and punt returns that didn't go his way or he didn't decide to catch the ball doesn't mean he can't do it and can't get better at doing it. That's part of the whole process of it. So, I don't know, Lauren. I thought this would be the red carpet treatment for the young player. Bring him up. Now you're getting younger. You're one in five. It baffles me right now because on two ends of the spectrum, he would have helped out this football team tonight. But, yeah, nothing surprised me more or at all with this coaching staff. Yeah, I totally agree there. And, you know, I don't want to necessarily use this to poo-poo on Josh Bellamy, who I think – can be a pretty solid contributor for this offense in extended playing time. We saw last year he was able to move some move the sticks on a few key plays, but at the same time, last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he was on the field for 30 snaps, ran 20 routes, and didn't get started. You know, some of that's Brian Hoyer not seeing him and, and what role he runs and what routes he runs in, in the combinations. But at the same time, you would like to see a guy be more involved and maybe maybe it just wasn't coming his way. And they, they actually did, was it a wide receiver? I don't remember if it was an end-around or a jet sweep some kind of handoff to Josh Bellamy, but that was kind of the only time he was able to touch the ball, and I'll imagine that they'll maybe get Deontay Thompson a little more involved on offense too. And again, another guy who in the in last year when they absolutely needed him, he was able to step up and contribute some on offense, but neither of those guys are quite the slot threat that Braverman is and certainly not the threat that Eddie Royal was. Yeah, it's disappointing though. I mean, I can't express this enough. You have a franchise football player that you're paying franchise dollars to. The last two weeks, there's been plays that would have been deciding factors in the game where you ignored this guy, Alshon Jeffrey. I don't want to see them try to force the ball to him. I want the quarterback to recognize coverage and understand in one-on-one situations Alshon Jeffrey is not a forced ball. That's a win ball. And that's what he's proven over the course of his career, jumping to that, Lauren. I just think it's important that we get that out there. It has to be noted that if you see Alshon Jeffrey, and that is an extreme difference than what we've seen from Hoyer, from Cutler, a Josh McCown who had success in Chicago. They recognize one-on-one situations and you throw to a talented wide receiver, it should not be this hard. And, and you look at last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it, it the Jaguars played almost exclusively cover one and cover three against Brian Hoyer every snap. So most of the most of the time, Alshon Jeffrey was one on one, and you know maybe they'll disguise it a little bit. So pre snap they'll show two safeties over the top, and maybe then Hoyer doesn't think that he was gonna have a single coverage with Jeffrey on the outside. But there was quite a few times where. They would show single deep safety, and they would keep single deep safety. And you know, if Alshon Jeffrey's on the outside and he's running that nine route or he's any kind of post or corner, he's going to have a lot of opportunities, especially if other routes across the middle are dragging that middle deep safety down underneath. But 
He just couldn't find them. And even on some of those deep throws that he attempted and missed, it wasn't like the dude's under pressure and falling away and trying to just, you know, mm-hmm. force this pass. A lot of them were from clean pockets where he had, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half, four seconds to throw the ball, which in the NFL is plenty of time. And the, the average time to throw a ball passes, I think, is around like 2.6 seconds for NFL quarterbacks. So when you see a guy like Hoyer have three, three and a half, four, even five seconds on some plays where he's got a clean pocket, you absolutely have to be able to hit your receiver if he's open. There's obviously, you know, there are times when guys are covered and, and you, you just don't have anything downfield. But we all saw Alshon Jeffrey open on a number of throws that he wasn't able to make. And that's just kind of inexcusable from an NFL quarterback. And it, it comes back to the the idea of, of why this guy still is, is, is his job to beat, or his job to lose. Because it seems like he isn't doing a lot to win the job, even if he isn't turning the ball over. So he's not, quote unquote, <laughs> losing the job, I guess. Lauren. I got to say this with sitting out tonight, and I'm asking you this question, and callers, for when you call in, I, I want to hear from you too. I think it's going to be very imperative to see, you know, they love, the Bears love this zone based outside run scheme. Um, you're going to have sitting out. White hair has not played that well last week, and the week before he showed up some signs of not getting what they're asking him to do. So tonight, I hope that Dal Loggins recognizes an aggressive front seven of the Green Bay Packers and changes the scheme up, force counterplays and down blocking and power run game scheme man-on-man. Because Mike Daniels and company are going to eat them alive if they decide that they're going to try to just do what we do. We're going to just run this. And I think your guy, rookie from Stanford, Blake Martinez, is going to have a field. This guy's going to have a field day running through those alleys, stuffing plays, and then fans are going to be disappointed. Like, what's going on with Jordan Howard? We can't get the run. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a 49-pass attempt Brian Hoyer game, and that's not the recipe to win. So if they try to do what they've done the past few weeks, run left zone, run right zone, boot off the run, run a screen, (laughs) I think we're going to be in for a long offensive night, and I don't think Brian Hoyer realizes how Green Bay takes this game I think the energy level the last two weeks has been very low. Even last week, I noted out, and watch it tonight, because this is a rivalry game. The Chicago Bears are up 13 points, and they're winning. I think Kadeem Carey had like an eight-yard run, and and offensive linemen are just standing around and not playing to the whistle. I want to watch that tonight, because if the Green Bay Packers at home after a horrible loss, I just think are going to be fired up. Are the Bears going to be fired up and bring a level of pride to this game? Or are they going to seem embar- like it. <laughs> are they going to embarrass themselves on the national stage? I just hope we don't get any newspaper headlines embarrassing again because that, <laughs> that just it's, it's a little bit too easy and that, I don't know. I don't know if I quite agree with that. It's, it's a little bit lazy like like the Chicago Bears. But you know, and I do want to get onto the defensive side of the ball, but one last note about the running game like you said. Uh, last week mm-hmm. against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they ran one counter play and one fullback run and one end around, and then the rest was all zone. It was uh, some <laughs> mostly outside, a little bit of inside zone, but yeah, one counter and one fullback run and one end around to Josh Bellamy, and the rest was zone. So certainly, the the Packers are preparing for a zone running game. Everyone watching the tape knows that's what they're going to do. So obviously, like you said, I think switching it up, trying to get some more counter with a guy like. Ted Larson, who is not necessarily a very good zone blocking guard, he's more of a you know a man blocking power guard, kind of like Matt Slauson. I think that would be right. a smart thing to do, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen by any means with this offensive coaching staff. But uh, and moving on to the defensive side of the ball now, I mean obviously we've talked a little bit about what Aaron Rodgers is doing this year or what he's not doing this year, and he's not stepping into throws, he's not looking confident, and he's not hitting even open receivers. And part of the problem, too, has been his offensive coaching staff. They're running a lot of downfield routes, and defenses are just daring him to throw. A lot of times the the Dallas Cowboys would rush just three and drop back. They'll come out in dime personnel, 
three-man rush and just do cover one and leave a couple linebackers sitting over the middle, one deep safety, and everyone else in man coverage. And they're kind of saying, okay, Aaron, you know, beat us when, you, when we've got one-on-one -on -one coverage. And, okay, package receivers get separation against one-on-one -on -one coverage. And clearly it was not working for the Green Bay Packers last week. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't remember the exact final score. And you look at the box score, and the box score scouts can see that Aaron Rodgers had a – a decent fantasy football game. I think he completed like 70% of his passes for 300 yards in a very Brian Hoyer-esque performance, but he'd had an interception that was pretty bad, and generally he was holding his team back on offense, and it didn't help that they don't have a running game, and they won't have one again tonight with Eddie Lacy on injured reserve and James Starks out, so we'll have wide receiver Ty Montgomery playing running back for the most part with uh, recently traded for Niley Davis, who's been with the team for 48 hours, and then practice squad undrafted rookie free agent Don Jackson in the backfield, so you don't have to expect the Bears' defense to have to try super hard against this running game because there isn't going to be much of one. And it Don comes Jackson. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Don Jackson, 140. Watch. Thank you. 140 <laughs> just 140 yards tonight. Oh, Watch. Geez. Rookie that's, out of Nevada. That's how, that's how we've lived a Chicago Bears season so far, and I kid because I don't think it's going to happen, but what – can go wrong has go wrong has gone wrong with the chicago bears this year lauren you're looking at a depleted football team and since you flipped it over to the defense one guy coming back the dog the barks get him Leonard going Floyd? <laughs> <laughs> he's you more of a chihuahua i think he might have hurt some feelings out there for those leonard floyd fans lauren Hey, I'm, uh, not, I'm not counting him out. I'm not counting him out. I'm just, you know, because he's gonna be banged up just like Phil Pernell McPhee. I'm not expecting either one to play a ton of snaps because they're still not 100%. They didn't practice all week, or if they did, they were limited. But there wasn't a ton of practicing, so I'm expecting a lot of rotational snaps for them, and mostly seeing Sam Acho and Willie Young out, at outside linebacker. Well, hopefully they could follow the lead of defensive coordinators. Past we've had issues with Vic Fangio. I understand what a great defensive mind he is. He is. I just haven't seen and colleague and friend of the show, Shane Marsaw was speaking to me about this. We just haven't seen any formulation of creativity when it comes to him and using personnel like Leonard Floyd, for example, is active tonight. Third down situations is when Leonard Floyd should be coming on the football field and showcasing the ability to use his speed and beat a Balaga or Bakhtiari tonight. Use him and scheme him, loop stunts, put him into rush situations. Don't force him to think. Same thing with McPhee. What do you want out of this guy? Do you want him to set the edge or do you want him to get after the passer? Because right now your best defensive football player in my book is Jarrell Freeman and your best defensive lineman is Willie Young. So, that's how you have to attack this football team and force Aaron Rodgers to make mistakes. He doesn't look confident. His mechanics are off. Use the young rookie and the energy of bringing McPhee back to your advantage. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of uh, uh, Vic Fangio not getting creative, and I think tonight – there's less of a need to get creative because I have a feeling he's going to follow the Rod Marinelli game plan of three and four man rushes only, dropping a gun, bunch of guys back in coverage, kind of being predictable in coverage and letting Aaron Rodgers try to beat him, which has worked sometimes this season for Packers opponents. But look into last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars win, that should not have been the strategy. And, you know, you do want to get pressure on Blake Bortles. The Packers only ran, or sorry, excuse me, the Bears defense against the Jaguars only ran six stunts on passing plays against Blake Bortles out of. Yeah, that was Forty, six out of forty stunts. So I, I don't, I don't have their blitz count in front of me, but I want to say it was a similar amount. So I, I thought mean, you, yeah, remember you saying it was like eight blitzes, seven, yeah, eight, eight blitzes, eight blitz, and I, and I don't know if, if any of those blitzes and stunts, I don't have the, the overlap of those two, but even, even on the four man rush or fewer, you, you're seeing six stunts on forty pat or on forty passing plays. I mean. You don't have. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know if he just wants his guys in certain one-on-one matchups, but it seems to me like that's not enough. And maybe he doesn't trust 
the guys that he has, you know, maybe he doesn't think Mitch Unrein can run it right, doesn't think Cornelius Washington, Jonathan Bowen, Will Sutton can do it properly to get guys like Sam Acho and Christian Jones. You know, maybe if he had a fully healthy front seven, he would feel more comfortable doing that. I don't know. That seems to be the only logical explanation, but even that I'm not really buying. But I think against Green Bay, you have to be able to stunt. You have to be able to get guys like Lane Taylor and J.C. Treader guessing on what guys are coming at you. Because it's, it's not that the Packers have a terrible offensive line by any means, but you know, the, I think a lot of their praise has been a little bit unwarranted, just that teams aren't trying to bring a lot of pressure at Aaron Rodgers this year. And I think even when the Bears aren't blitzing him, they have to be throwing different things at him or else they're just going to have guys getting tired rushing against the offensive linemen in the same gap over and over again. Yeah, you got to take advantage of what seems to have worked for the other teams. I think you're probably right. That's where we're going to see those three-man rushes. If that's the case, I'm hoping that you're going to be able to see someone like Cornelius Washington playing that five technique and not Mitch Unrein because you need some sort of rush to get home. And uh, Unrein just hasn't gotten home since he missed that sack against the Colts. And, you know, the, the Mitch Unrein's role has grown quite a bit. Or not Mitch Unrein, excuse me. Cornelius Washington's role has grown quite a bit, especially in recent games. Not only is he playing more snaps, but they're also using him in a few different ways. They've been putting him more at that seven technique, sometimes even in nickel situations where he, he is a, a taking a wider split and acting almost more like a 4-3 defensive end on some of those plays. And same thing with Willie Young, too. I mean, the, the thing with him was always, well, don't call me an outside linebacker. I'm a defensive end. He is playing more snaps with his hand in the dirt than he is standing up, and that's sort of the only creativity you're seeing with Vic Fangio right now is just, oh, Willie Young standing up on this play, and ooh, Willie Young got his hand in the dirt on this play. But you're seeing you're seeing him get Cornelius Washington involved a little bit more on the outside, but at the end of the day, I totally agree. The snap count for uh, Unrein and Washington last week was 27 for Unrein and 25 for Washington, 20 for Bullard, and I think that's what you need to see more of. You need to see less of Mitch Unrein, more of Washington and Bullard and getting fresh legs in there and even even less of Will Sutton as the Bears are going to probably stick in a lot of nickel packages because the Packers aren't going to load up the box and try and pound the ball up the middle by any means. So I think you're not going to see much Will Sutton. It's going to be a lot of Akeem Hicks in a rotation next to him with four linebackers. And maybe you do some – gets creative with you know one defensive lineman. You get McPhee and Willie Young and Sam Macho in there. I mean just do something to give the Packers a different look or else Aaron Rodgers is going to have the opportunity to try and cut up this de- this defensive secondary. And if it's Jacoby Glenn and – Devontae Bowsby and Cravon LeBlanc and Bryce Callahan back there, he might be able to get into a little bit of a groove. Are you are you worried at all about that, about him starting to find his rhythm as a quarterback? Because we know how quickly he can flip the switch when he's on. Absolutely. I think that secondary list that you have there are going to be a hodgepodge of corners that this guy is going to attack downfield. What does Aaron Rodgers do, Lauren? He holds the ball. He manipulates out of the pocket to look for isolated throws across the hashes, getting players to run deep balls and threatening one-on-one situations. Everything the opposite of Brian Hoyer is what Aaron Rodgers' game is. So that's what you got to take control of. Are you going to allow him to sit back there and take his time by just rushing three? Because... Your secondary in the back end is not what other players and other teams' secondary are. You're down in the roster. Is Bryce Callahan active tonight? I forgot already. Yeah, I, I, to the best of my knowledge, he's he is active. I think he and LeBlanc were were taking. Oh yeah, the, the they're feeling punts. So we got there is Porter, and I forgot Tracy Porter was warming up. Is he out? I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm space, you got me second guessing now too. I saw that he was somebody had tweeted that he was warming up, but I, I feel like he was ruled mm-hmm. out. But I, I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Uh, let me use the power of the internet here. Uh, Tracy Porter is active, yeah, along with Leonard Floyd and everyone else. So the Bears will have, will have. But you know, the problem is they're, they'll be banged up, and you don't know if how long. Yeah, you, Tra- and you don't know if a 70% Tracy Porter is going to be able to keep up with, with Jordy Nelson all night. Or the same way that the Jaguars kind of attacked Bryce Callahan last week, who was battling the hamstring injury. And I'm sure Callahan is still dealing with that hamstring injury. So it, it makes you wonder what level of cornerback play you're going to be able to get from the guys that you do have. 
and whether or not you know Packers wide receivers are going to all of a sudden be a little bit more open than they have in weeks past, and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is firing bullets down the field, and the Bears defense is on its heels all night. I mean, eventually I think at some point you're going to have to see the Bears adjust and try and get more pressure on the quarterback. And you know sometimes when Aaron Rodgers is out of the pocket and moving that's when he's at his best because there's usually a coverage breakdown down the field because he's been holding on to the ball so long and he can see the field so well outside of the pocket and fire downfield for a big first down. Like you said, not what Brian Hoyer is able to do. So it's definitely a real concern because it just doesn't seem like any week you can go into the game trying to rely on Aaron Rodgers to lose it for his team because it's just so uncharacteristic of him. But at the same time, that's what it's been like for him lately. But They've also been, he's also been like this against much stronger opponents. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers had a pretty good half against the Detroit Lions. That was enough to really pick them apart. But he also had a running game in that game. And he won't have a running game tonight. It doesn't seem like. Although again, it's hard to be confident in the confident in the Bears' run defense, even against a 48-hour Niley Davis and a converted wide receiver and a practice squad undrafted rookie free agent. Well. You're definitely looking at a whole thing there, Lauren, and we got to, I know we want to take some calls, get into this with some of the fans, so why don't we open up the lines there, and let's talk a little bit about something everybody seems to be talking about, apparently Bears CEO and President Ted Phillips is chiming in on the Jay Cutler saga, have you seen this yet? I actually have not. Where did he uh, do this? So now it's coming out, and I think it's imperative. He is not saying this is the end of Jay Cutler as the starter. That's what he's telling Ian Rappaport. However, Jay Cutler's future with the Bears is up in the air, is what Ian Rappaport's talking about right now because it comes as a surprise of what rap report was reporting that Fox was auditioning. It was Hoyer's job to lose. Now Ted Phillips is throwing his two cents into there. Don't it's way too early to rule out Jay Cutler not coming back as a starting quarterback is what he's telling Ian rap report. And where's the, where's the line of communication? Here? I mean like, Holy <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> you know, like... Can you believe this? Going around John Fox, going around... Going to... Like, was he... Did he reach out to Ian Rappaport, or did... I mean, like... Ian Rappaport... Um, I was dumbfounded that I'm looking at Ian Rappaport just now talking about... Talking to Ted Phillips personally... So he's dropping it straight from the CEO and president's mouth. And that's what you're going to get here. Because ultimately, let's get into this for a second. Is there any disagreement in your mind that Jay Cutler gives this team the best chance to win? No. I mean, of course so, not. So we know Ryan Pace isn't attached to Jay Cutler. We know that Jay Cutler's contract is up after the season but we don't know is ryan pace pro jay cutler and does john fox have control of the roster like he said he kind of did so there's like a power struggle going on up and, and the upper management's kind of raining down hey don't listen to john fox the chapter on cutler isn't over yet yeah i mean this, I mean, why isn't this, why, why isn't everyone in harmony? You know what I mean? Why isn't this a the coach says this, the, the GM says this, and then the CEO says this, and everyone's on the same page? And where, why is, I mean, you know, like, that's astounding to me. This is like Cleveland Browns level ineptitude. And we, we now have Shane Marsaw on the line to give his take on what Ian <laughs> Rapport has reported for Ted from Ted Phillips now about Jay Cutler being his starting time this year? I mean, why is why is this coming from Ted Phillips, Shane? Why is this – what's going on here? Shane this Marshall. Is start, this is the start of the Super Bowl train, boys. Ted Phillips has taken over. <laughs> We're going. <laughs> the hype oh. is real, ladies and gentlemen. Live from Lambeau Field, it's Shane Marshall. Yeah. 
I refresh my Twitter feed, and the first thing that pops up is Sweaty Teddy. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What's this all about? And I start reading, and I'm like, oh, my God. It just, just when you think it can't get any worse, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, guys, guys, can make it up, please take, yeah, go ahead, take, take some time. Lauren hit it, Lauren stop. hit it on the head. Where is the, where is the, I mean, it's like, this is Aaron Cromer, though. Is it, is there a crystal meth problem at Hallis Hall? I'm not sure because, I mean, <laughs> good wow. lord, I don't, the, the, I mean, Lauren, you put it perfectly. Where is the communication? We're not. We're we're getting you know mixed comments from our head coach Ryan Pace is Simon. in Afghanistan in a bunker somewhere, <laughs> and and t- Ted Phillips is out there. You know, I had a debate with Nate there on Twitter the other day, and he was saying that you know uh, Ted doesn't have anything to do with football. It, it's strictly. Strictly the business side. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think okay. you're. I think you're. You got your answer right there. I Absolutely. mean, you really want your 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 business leader coming out and commenting on your quarterback situation? It's oh boys, this is not a written. I mean, why is he to make things worse? I mean, it would be bad enough if he's making the comments anyway. But it's just you, we're we're what a half an hour from kickoff and Ted Phillips is. Is running in his mouth like a teenage girl. It's like just he's crazy. Drunk at the game and ran into Ian Rapport in the bathroom. He's like, "Oh yeah, I think Jay Cutler will start at some point this season." And they're both standing at the yeah. end, making small talk. Oh man, Jesus. you know, I wasn't well, gonna talk about it tonight. I was gonna just <laughs> let it go, but it keeps calling us back. <laughs> Jay Cutler. The fans of Jay know where I stand on this. Shane stands with me lauren stands with me i think we all recognize this guy gives you the best chance to win <coughs> fans yeah, aren't gonna start showing up and i think the president says john he's healthy why isn't he playing and john fox is turning a, a cheek to him i think that is what's going on there is a power struggle in chicago over your quarterback then why is yeah, the coach I mean, this- still there why is he still this, in his job? This, They're one in five. This kind of kicks in the face to, to any trade talk. I mean, maybe, maybe like we can't discount anything from the Chicago Bears because I, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that they'll come out and say that, um, you know, we're going to be a running football team. We're going to be running <laughs> back by committee all off season, and then the season starts and we throw fifty-five passes, you know, and we. We'd run 17 times, so oh, we didn't they turn think over the they're ball. gonna. Yeah, right, right. So, I just, <laughs> oh, guys, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And to me, I mean, they, they were. I watched a couple more videos of Pernell McPhee, and maybe, maybe he's playing possum. I don't know, but any video that I've seen of him so far, he's, he's still limping. Uh, so, I mean, I, let me ask you this. Is he the Jim Brown limp back to the huddle type limp? I I don't know, Phil. I mean, <laughs> at least at least Jim Brown was productive and an all timer. I mean, we can't uh, let's not even put them in the in the same category. You know, at this point, Pernell McPhee has played well, but he he's um I think the Bears are so starved for a defensive um, playmaker that you know even Pernell McPhee tends to get a little bit overrated in my eyes. I mean, he is a he is a core guy, and we do need him out there. But you know, you have to go out there and play rather than just giving sound bites that make everybody laugh and and you know make you sound make you sound tough. But let's uh, let's see him go out there and, and string together this you know second half of the season and, and dominate. But I. I have no confidence in that either. And the the health thing is just such a big deal because I think we all know what a very fully healthy Pernell McPhee is yep. capable of doing. We saw that from game to game, but you're totally right that at this point there's no reason to be confident. I mean, with how long-term and degenerative this knee injury seems like it is, and it sounds like it was something that the Bears knew about when they signed him, and it was just kind of a matter of let's see how much we can get out of him. 
it is really it's hard to be confident at this point but at the same time it's like is there any amount of time from here that you could you know if you left him out till the bye week would he come back week nine and be any more healthy than he is now or is this kind of the the base level of pronomic fee that you're gonna get but at the same time you're one in five so what is what is the hurry you know what i mean what is the, <laughs> do we know do we know that he's not playing with a prosthetic leg? Yeah, I mean, at this point. The, the, the Bears like to cover everything up. Who, who knows at this point? <laughs> Let me ask you this. If Purnell's on the field and on the ground at any point, will you join me on the morning rant for tomorrow? <laughs> oh, I think you have to. I'm, I'm, I, I said on the pre, uh, prediction or prescription prediction show, uh, with you, Phil, that I was I wasn't planning on seeing Pernell McPhee suit up tonight just based right. off of that video. It just to me, it's just more of the same with the Chicago Bears. I mean, is are they just are they throwing him out there with it? You know, is this just more of the old school mentality of the Chicago Bears? Oh well, we're gonna throw him out there and see what happens rather than him being ready to go. Or are they just gonna, you know, like I said, put their their prized free agent signing from from uh, 2015 out there and, and just hope for the best. It, so. It's weird for me because, like, you would think that Thursday night football is not the, the game to rush someone yeah. back from injury. It's one thing with Tracy Porter where he played last week and he just got nicked up, but guys like Floyd and McPhee that have been out a few weeks, why are you rushing them yeah. back on the, on the week with two days of practice, four days in between? Your, you know your previous game is it that I, I, doesn't make sense to me that you think after the 10-day break after this game is when you'd get both of those guys back so they'd be 100% you know they've had a full two weeks to practice and rest up again before you, they make their debut against an even tougher opponent where they're gonna be needed to be 100% healthy do you actually you don't... do you think guys that they would clear this football player to play if he wasn't ready I honestly if that's the case it's tragic well, did you see him play versus Tampa? Did you see him play versus Tampa Bay last year, Phil? They put him out there looking like that on the, the wheel was, route where he was yeah. dragging yeah. his leg. He was dragging his leg, and I mean that's not. <laughs> I mean, we're not making that up. I'm, it was, it, it, yeah, I mean that, that just goes to show where you're at with this staff. And jumping yeah. back to the Ted Phillips thing, it's like. Is, is this an encouraging sign that they might be more likely to fire a John Fox if things get bad, that clearly your CEO is not on the same page with your head coach right now? And even if – and it, it also goes back to that rumor from Kaplan that, that Ted Phillips yeah. insisted yeah. on having John Fox. It's like if, if Ted Phillips made sure that it was, it was adamant that they hire this guy and now he's not on the same page – that guy, the guy who was adamant, should no longer allowed to have be having an opinion on any of those decisions moving forward because clearly he was wrong again. Right, but then at the same time, if you want to flip that around, Lauren, then we get that means if we're going to believe that, that means we have to put our trust back in Ted Phillips, which is a scary oh thought to think about too. Which is why I'm saying <laughs> you know, like he shouldn't be allowed yeah, to. He's been wrong again. Yeah, it's the whole. But is, is Mama McCaskey going to hold him accountable? I don't think so. He's making him good yeah. money. T- young Teddy does a good job of keeping the books clean. He has come out to say the quarterback is not close. To me, Jay Cutler, as you guys know, is healthy. I don't get why he's not starting tonight. I don't get the anybody arguing about completion percentage at 300-yard games has never played organized football in their life. That's the only conclusion. Or they're all just stuck in fantasy football land because it doesn't win games, guys. Statistics have never told the story of a football game ever. The only one will be the L or the W. And I just don't get why he's not playing tonight. Now this comes out. They're serious issues going on in Chicago as Shane came in and had to call in. It is as Mr. Conrad, Daryl Conrad, at Daryl Conrad, uh, it's a depression hotline right now because it's sad that we're a little over a half hour away from kickoff and we're still confused at what direction this team is going. The direction is definitely down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we're not confused in that way at all, but certainly. Yeah, we're taking a left. We're taking a left turn at Albuquerque, right to one and seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we're headed. 
pick up Hefe while you're there. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to El Hefe on Twitter. Same guy. El Hefe. El Hefe. So, Shane, you look at this game tonight, you obviously have a banged-up offensive line. You're starting. Are they going to start Kush tonight? Or yes, is it gonna they just definitely... announced that. They're starting Kush. So there you My boy Kush is in the lineup. It's going to be pretty That dank. makes me happy. So they're going to put him at guard then. Yep. So you're going to see Kush at left guard. Okay, white hair at center, long at right guard, should be at tackle. We'll talk about that another time. So did Ted, did Ted Larson not show up for that handful of snaps or one snap that he – Filled in for Josh Sitton last week. <laughs> he played one, bench. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He holds Just... all the wrong people accountable. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, bench him. Yeah. That, uh, the, the confidence is just overflowing in this, uh, this show tonight. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that's where we're at with this season, though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's no, hard I, to I... find reasons to be optimistic. I mean... I'm looking forward to another 300-yard, 45-pass attempt of performance from Brian Hoyer, another 15-carry, 100-yard performance from Josh or Jordan Howard, and still only 17 points on the scoreboard. And Packers put up 24. That Shane and I had the same score prediction on the uh, prescription prediction yep. show, and 24-17. That's that's your final in my book because the Bears only get in the end zone a couple times. They can't slow down Aaron Rodgers enough, and that's what you get. You know, it's pretty sad when we're all excited about our uh, rugby playing fullback getting released, and that's our that's our bright spot for the day. <laughs> Shane, we talked about it earlier. I'd love your two cents on here. Wouldn't this be a, the perfect game for Daniel Braverman to be brought up? A, help you in the punt return game. B, help you in the slot. Does, it, does anything this team do, do Personnel-wise, makes sense. Yeah, and I don't know. It seems to me last year I remember them having somebody that was on the practice squad, and they had them travel, travel a game, or maybe it was somebody that was injured. They had them travel the game uh, with them. Maybe it was was it Kevin White? Maybe at the end of the year because they just wanted them to to get their feet wet with the whole process of leading up to game time on the road. So maybe they're doing that this week with Braverman and then they'll activate him, you know, during a full week leading up and, you know, they actually have an extra day leading up to the Minnesota game. So maybe that's their thought process there. But, but what if um, Eddie Royal's back? You know what I mean? Yeah. If, why, yeah, why we, not do it the week Eddie Royal is hurt? Yeah. Maybe I, I'm just saying maybe the only reason they're not doing it is because of the short week. I mean, they essentially had three glorified walkthroughs this week before this game. So I'm not sure. I mean, if we're, we can't really talk logic, this is the Chicago bears we're talking about, you know, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot of it. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's not a whole lot of it there. This feels like 2014 um, Tressman end of the year. Yeah. Logic goes out the window. Yeah. And uh, you're the perfect, perfect point there, Lauren, because I said you could see the bears going out and I mean, would anybody be surprised if the bears went out and got totally boat raced these next two weeks? Even with Green Bay struggling, I certainly wouldn't. Nope, especially against Minnesota, no. but Green Bay too. Yeah. Tonight's going to be a story of three guys now. Well, four. You know, Jeremy Kramer, at AirJer54, wanted to know our thoughts on McPhee, Floyd, and Will Young um, coming together finally to play. Guys, what do you think with McPhee... Coming in, I know you touched on it, but the three of them in a rotation, do you think they're going to actually rotate these football players? They even have to ask that question. I, I really don't think we're going to see either one of them too much. I think it's going to be very limited. But then again, if that's what I'm thinking, they're probably going to go both go out and play 60-plus snaps tonight. Yeah, start both so. of them playing the whole game. Keep <laughs> yeah, Young on the, the bench. You, He's only got five sacks yeah. in the last two games. What is he doing? He bench you, him. <laughs> If you see some smoke coming out of McPhee's knee, just rub some dirt on it and hope for the best. You know? <laughs> yeah, malfunction. Get some oil out there and you know, get, yeah. make sure that joint is uh, nice and loose or tighten a couple screws in there make sure the programming is all set. I, I, have, I have to agree. I mean, I, the conventional wisdom would say 
put Leonard Floyd in there and some third and longs, put Pernell McPhee on there when he's ready to go, but never let him do more than five plays in a drive and never let him do back-to-back drives if there's a three and out in between. I mean, I think you have to be extra cautious with these guys, especially at this point in the season when you're one and five and there's not you're not really you know it's not like every win is like making sure you're staying in the playoff race at this point i mean obviously you're pretty much i mean you're not technically out of it so and every win matters every season but at the same time this isn't like this this critical game where you need to play Pernell McPhee as much as you possibly can to make sure that you get the win to make sure that you know you don't get eliminated from the playoffs or whatever because you know you never never admit defeat going into the game but I mean we all have, we've beaten around the bush here that season's pretty much over there's not really any reason to be optimistic about playoffs. this game or the next week playoffs? yeah you said that on the on the Bears podcast this week at Bears yeah. barroom I mean that was that was perfect that's exactly what you're talking about with this team right now it's, <laughs> yeah I it's guess the one good thing ridiculous one way to look at it is with the color rush uniforms tonight Packers look like the cream filling from a Twinkie so maybe Leonard Floyd will eat tonight I was gonna say that's so. what's going on with Eddie Lacy <laughs> yeah isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Back up to 260 pounds, I think they said. Yeah. Uh, during the season. Can, so. Like, that takes effort. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I could just do that. You know, like, can he and Leonard Floyd hang out this offseason? Is that Yeah, is that they possible? might have to. Wake <laughs> up, can you imagine if, if wake Leonard up at 6 Floyd a.m. and go get some food? Chinese food? Oh, some China food. That's what we always treated China food. But yeah, yeah China food, yep. Let's let's do that diet plan. Can, can Leonard Floyd get on the Eddie Lacy diet plan? I don't think anybody's talking about this. We should. Make sure the uh, Packers sports science people get a hold of Eddie Lacy for how to gain weight extremely fast. Yeah. Well, let's jump back to the quarterback thing. I got a question for you guys. <clears throat> Do you think this team is rolling with Hoyer so they end up knowing that they're going to get a higher pick at the end of the season? Because the guy clearly isn't going to threaten deep and, and be in a playoff-type game we saw what he's done in that situation. So is that the only rationale behind this? Or are, is Shane right, Lauren, and we're going to see a trade go on here? Well, I will never admit Shane's right about anything. So I'm going to have to disagree <laughs> with you there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think yep. I, I get the impression that this is John Fox's decision 100% and Ryan Pace's sort of backing off like maybe maybe not that Ryan Pace is scared to push John Fox on things but maybe it's sort of a respect thing that like okay you're the veteran head coach I'm the young GM I'll this is your you know you're the coach you handle the day the game to game decisions I'm just gonna acquire talent in the offseason and always work to make this team better but you're gonna handle the quarterback situation so you got Ryan Pace thinking in his head that Jay Cutler should be playing and giving them the best chance to win but you've got John Fox who it cares who legitimately cares more about the turnover ratio and and sees that Hoyer is operating within the offense well and you know just thinks he can win like that and, and incorrectly thinks so and and ultimately maybe in the back of John Fox's mind he's telling Ryan Pace hey let's let's look for trades a quarterback because I don't I don't necessarily want Jay Cutler here in the future and Pace is, is kind of not refusing to look for trades but kind of saying that and hypothetically here saying that okay we'll do it if we can get a good enough offer for him but right now He's too valuable of a quarterback, too valuable of a quarterback when he's healthy to just dump him for whatever teams will offer us. So, I, I kind of get the impression that it's a little bit of both, kind of like, kind of like I was saying, because one or the other isn't satisfying enough on its own for me. Yeah, I, I agree with what Lauren said there totally. I think it is a little bit of both too, because you know we've all been sitting here waiting for Fox to make a commitment, you know, either way, or Ryan Pace to say something. And if they are holding Jay out just to not lose their tradable asset due to injury, you know, it's not like they can come out and admit that and say, well, this is what our plan is and this is what we're hoping to do. And as bad as this is to say, if I mean, if you're if this is what the plan is, you're sitting here as a Chicago Bears fan. The trade deadline is on November 1st and you're going to watch some of these contenders and you're hoping one of these starting quarterbacks is going to get folded in half. If this is actually the plan to, to, I mean, let's be honest, if that's really the route that they're hoping to go and, uh, you know, to get a viable trade partner, somebody that's in contention and they can go out and get a, get a veteran quarterback that's going to be on a, going to be on a contract with no guaranteed money. That's, that's, you know, there could be definitely a lot, a lot worse things. I well, mean, and- they could have 
Brian Hoyer on their team. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my theory, and I know we're running low on time here on the show. we got a little over five minutes left. But part of me wonders if maybe there's a grander scheme here that comes back to the Ted Phillips quote about Jay Cutler will still start the season. Is that Cutler gets hurt, and then you know he's healthy-ish right around this time. And the long-term goal is to trade him. So you're looking at Green Bay and Minnesota and saying, if we want this this asset to be as valuable as possible, we're not playing them against Green Bay or Minnesota. Green Bay on a short week and then Minnesota at any point in time. So you look, maybe after the bye week, he comes out, he plays Tampa Bay, New York, Tennessee, San Francisco, and Detroit. Those are five games where Jay Cutler within this offense, like we all talked about, could be very productive. And then you head into this offseason with maybe Jay having a better, because having a better, uh, I guess, not narrative, but image about where he is right now. Because if Jay Cutler doesn't play another snap this season, then you have a quarterback who, you know, looked pretty bad while hurt in the one and a half games that he played this year. And obviously, the the fan feeling about him is is what you might project onto the rest of the league with the way that he, the way fans feel about the way he played earlier in the season. So you would think that maybe the plan is to play him after you're through these tough games now to get his trade value up for the off season and and kind of look more long term as far as when you're gonna. Trade in midseason when you might not be able to get as much for him because teams trading for him aren't going to want to at midpoint of the year. Are we all in agreement that it's ninety to ninety-five percent that Jay Cutler is not a Chicago Bear in twenty seventeen? I honestly depends on the coach. I exactly. think at this point, I really yeah. do believe that it's. I think you're not hearing from Pace. You're hearing from Ted Phillips because this is Fox. Yeah, this is Fox versus Pace and management. I really think there was some... I remember me and you talking about this, Shane, real quick, about who controlled the final 53. And if John Fox decides who's going to play and how he's going to use them, that's why J.A. Cutler's inactive because John Fox is saying so. I think management wants Cutler out there playing for the reason why you just go up and down Twitter, except for a few Christians that want to see Brian Hoyer make a miracle tonight. (laughs) Everybody else is on page with having your best play against your rival and winning and trying to win a football game in a, in a starved football town. I, I, I don't get it. And you know, um, not, not to not to completely go off track here because we we have about three minutes left. But uh, Robbie Gold is on a plane headed to London to kick for the New York Giants this weekend. I heard, I heard this afternoon that he was going to be their kicker. That's going to be something. Real quick, just to say to everyone that had been trying to call in, Lauren was having some technical issues. We saw all of you calling in, and we apologize because. We really wanted to involve you. Shane obviously has a way into the studio. The bat phone. (laughs) He does have the bat phone. So I appreciate those that are DMing me and and wanting to get in here. I'm sorry I couldn't get all your questions. This news about Ted Phillips really perked up the audience. And there's a cup drop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, on that note, maybe we'll have to wrap up here because our, our time is running out on the clock here. So, Shane, want to thank you a ton for coming on and, and uh, talking through the, the Bears-Packers preview and uh, this latest Jay Cutler-Ted Phillips news on Bears Hour Live. No problem, guys. I'm glad to help out. Shane, go <laughs> down. Bear down tonight, Shane. Bear down with Sweaty Teddy. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Well, Phil, that's going to have to do it for us here at Bears Hour Live. Thanks to for everyone that's listening. And, again, uh, we'll make sure we won't have any more technical problems next week on these calls. We'll make sure we've got it uh, 100% figured out so we can get as many voices as possible on here. But thanks again to Shane Marsaw. That's on you. That's on you. Yeah, I'll, I take accountability like John Fox. I'm going to have to take the uh, – I'll take the blame here. Take accountability? Here. Yeah. Uh, next week we'll, we'll know who our starting quarterback is. But maybe maybe in the, in the words of John Fox, we, we don't have a plan. Uh, that's <laughs> and uh, that's also be on the lookout for next week for the Vikings game. We'll probably try and do a, a regular preview show like this one on Thursday again, 
and then yeah. do the, the Bears Hour Live post game on Monday. So we're looking at potentially two shows next week. We'll tweet out more details when we have them ready, readily available. But truthfully, we don't have a plan quite yet figured out for that next week, like John Fox. So on, on that note, we'll have to wrap up the show. Phil, any last thoughts with, with 45 seconds to go? You know what, Lauren? I hope and I pray there's no team I root for other than the Bears that they go with the formula, run the football, get Hoyer in close, and let him throw to the end zone. All right, that'll be your last thought on Bears Packers here on Bears Hour Live. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.